Hi everyone, this is Dr. Gayla. Welcome to your Health Connection. It's great to be with you. This podcast is designed to give you natural solutions to your health problems based upon my 35 years of experience as a functional medicine practitioner. I love helping individuals experiencing complicated conditions when nothing else has worked. Each week I'll be giving you health tips and strategies that you can implement to improve your health and function at your best. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Are you tired of suffering for 10 to 14 days out of every month with PMS symptoms? If so, you're not alone. 85% of women suffer with monthly mood swings, headaches, bloating, and other problems that threaten their relationships and their quality of life. If this sounds like you, join me today and discover the possible causes, the best lab tests, and the most effective natural treatments to put an end to suffering every month with PMS. I'll be reviewing some case histories so that you can get a clear understanding of what to do, what we do to help our patients who come to us suffering with PMS. Let's begin by taking a look at some of the symptoms of PMS. During the 10 to 12 days before your period begins, do you have the following symptoms? Mood swings, irritability or depression, abdominal bloating, breast tenderness, food cravings, Does your acne flare up? Do you have constipation or diarrhea, headaches, fatigue, or monthly weight gain? Now let's take a look at some of the underlying causes of PMS. PMS is tied to an imbalance in the levels of your estrogen and progesterone. We frequently find estrogen levels that are abnormally high relative to your progesterone levels during the 10 to 12 days before your cycle begins. This is called estrogen dominance. Your body's hormones are like a seesaw. When they're perfectly balanced, your body works as it should, and you should not experience any PMS symptoms. But if your hormones are imbalanced, you're probably going to experience some of the miserable symptoms of PMS every month. Having too much estrogen and not enough progesterone not only can cause your PMS symptoms, but also puts you at risk for several chronic health issues. The greatest risk associated with estrogen dominance is hormone-dependent cancer, such as estrogen receptor-positive breast cancer. The statistics are frightening. One in eight women will develop breast cancer. Later, I'll mention some of the products that can help reduce your risk for developing breast and other reproductive cancers. Estrogen excess can also cause thyroid issues because excess estrogen blocks your thyroid hormones from hitting their receptor sites and doing its job of regulating your metabolism. Excess estrogen has also been linked to insulin resistance and diabetes because we know that progesterone must be properly balanced in order to stabilize your blood sugar levels. And if your progesterone levels are low relative to your estrogen levels, you may develop insulin resistance. The combination of blocking your thyroid hormone uptake and having insulin resistance is a prescription for weight gain and fatigue. Let's take a look at some of the causes of estrogen dominance. Being overweight can cause estrogen dominance because body fat tissue absorbs and stores estrogen and synthesizes estrogen from your other hormones. The more fat cells you have, the more estrogen you will make. The more estrogen you make, the more fat you will store. It's a vicious cycle. I'll be going over a healthful diet plan that will help you to lose weight when we get to our treatment section. 
Another factor that contributes to estrogen dominance is chronic stress. So let's take a look at why I always begin addressing hormone problems by evaluating gut health. In order to restore balance to your hormones, you'll need to first restore balance to your gut microbiome. The hormone regulating part of your microbiome is known as the estrobolome. To maintain estrogenic harmony, you must have the right amount of estrogen metabolizing bacteria in your gut. Your estrobolome can be damaged in the same way that the rest of your microbiome gets hurt. Common triggers such as stress, poor diet, and especially antibiotic use. If bacteria making up your estrobolome bacteria become overgrown, your body may respond by producing too much of an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. This can cause the bound-up estrogen that's in your large intestine to be reabsorbed and recirculated in your blood in really high levels. This can lead to, lead to a state of estrogen dominance, and estrogen dominance creates all kinds of chaos. PMS, menstrual cramps, fibroids, cysts, endometriosis, PCOS, heavy bleeding, infertility, a zapped sex drive, and weight gain. To understand why, let's take a look at how the estrogen cycle works in a healthy system. Estrogen is produced in your ovaries, adrenal glands, and adipose tissue, circulates in your blood, and makes its way into your tissues. Eventually, the estrogens travel to your liver, where they're broken down and bound up. The bound-up estrogen bonds are then excreted via your bile into your intestines to be excreted out of your body with your stool. The bacteria that make up your estrobolome affect your estrogen metabolism by promoting or preventing estrogen excretion from your body. Your gut bacteria determine how much estrogen gets reabsorbed from your gut back into your blood and how much is excreted out of your body in your stool. The bacteria that make up your estrobolome are unique because they produce an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. ACE, A-S-E, means enzyme, and enzymes break things apart. This enzyme can break apart your estrogen bonds. When the bonds are broken apart, the estrogen becomes active, is prevented from being excreted, and is then reabsorbed through your GI tract and into your blood where it will bind to your estrogen receptors and become active. To have a healthy estrogen metabolism, you must have the right amount of beta-glucuronidase-producing bacteria. If you have too much, it will result in an excess of circulating estrogens. The reason I most, almost always order a DNA stool test is because this test has a marker for the level of your beta-glucuronidase. The level is frequently high in women who have PMS and in women who have reproductive cancers. Let's look at gut dysbiosis and how that can affect your hormone balance. Your intestines are filled with trillions of bacteria, fungi, and viruses that make up your microbiome. When your microbiome is disturbed and the type or numbers of bacteria is thrown off and become imbalanced, we call this gut dysbiosis. Your microbiome regulates the expression of your hormones and can restrict or promote hormone production elsewhere in your body. The bacteria in your microbiome are like traffic control for your hormones. They signal other glands in your body to dial up or dial down the volume on your hormone production. To work properly, your microbiome needs the right bacteria and in the right amount. 
When the number of bacteria is altered, your gut can no longer perform its hormone regulating functions properly. Reactions to food, bloating, skin outbreaks, heavy periods, constipation, diarrhea, and excess weight that won't bulge can all be signs that your microbiome is compromised and you're unable to properly metabolize hormones like estrogen in your gut. An overabundance of bad bacteria in your gut can release substances that cause inflammation. Your liver must detoxify the inflammatory substances and this can impair your liver metabolism of estrogens. This can cause a buildup of hormones in your system that can show up as PMS, moodiness, and gastrointestinal symptoms. Let's take a look at some of the causes of imbalance in the microbiome. I go through this thoroughly in my podcast number three called Tips for Addressing Bloating, Belly Pain, Chronic Constipation, and Diarrhea. I welcome you to listen to that podcast, but for now, I'll give you some of the highlights. I spoke earlier about how chronic stress can cause high levels of cortisol. Chronic cortisol production can damage the delicate lining of your small intestine, leading to leaky gut, also known as intestinal permeability. If the tight junctions between the cells in your small intestine become leaky and allow endotoxins, which are fragments of dead bacterial cell walls, to pass from your intestine into your bloodstream, your immune system will identify these Fragments is foreign and will create inflammatory chemicals such as cytokines and histamines. Because leaky gut causes inflammation throughout your body, in one study, women who had higher levels of endotoxins in their blood had an elevated marker of inflammation in the fluid inside their ovaries and correspondingly had low progesterone production. Taking antibiotics for infection or consuming them through conventionally raised meats or dairy products can disrupt the bacterial balance in your intestine. You will lose the lactic acid-producing bacteria like acidophilus, and this will cause the pH to go up in your intestine. Because your good probiotic bacteria flourish in a more acidic environment and a less acidic environment, the bad strains of bacteria can grow in your small intestine where they don't belong causing small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO. Overgrowth of these bacteria that do not belong there or in your small intestine can cause bloating, pain, gas, constipation, and diarrhea. Again, for a detailed discussion about SIBO, please listen to podcast number three, Tips for Addressing Bloating, Belly Pain, Constipation, and Diarrhea. The bad strains can release endotoxins that can leak through the open junctions in your small intestine and cause inflammation that can affect your hormone levels. Pesticides, herbicides, glyphosates from GMO corn and other grains, and environmental chemicals can negatively shift the balance of your microbiome. Eating sugar, gluten, and commercial dairy products are major culprits in promoting bacterial imbalances. Now let's take a look at the best test to run if you have PMS. If you're dealing with any condition relating to hormonal balance, addressing your gut health must be a priority. In order to restore balance to your hormones, you'll need to first restore balance to your gut microbiome. The test that I order for almost every patient who comes into my office is called the GI MAP, and it's a DNA stool test. This is the -the state-of-the-art test for evaluating your microbiome. This test has markers for bacterial pathogens, your levels of probiotic bacteria, 
viruses, your levels of pancreatic enzymes, your ability to break down fats, your levels of the beta-glucuronidase enzyme that can break apart your estrogen bonds in your intestine, and it also has markers that show how healthy your immune system is and if you have a high amount of inflammation in your intestine. Another test that I always order for patients who have hormonal imbalance is the Dutch dried urine test. This is a state-of-the-art test for women who have hormonal imbalance. It tests progesterone, all three of your estrogens, your estrogen pathways in your liver, your DHEA, testosterone, all of your male androgen levels, and your cycling cortisol levels. I also run blood chemistry panels, and I specifically look at thyroid levels, ferritin levels, or iron, vitamin, and vitamin D. So let's look at a case history. A 23-year-old female came into my office on March 3, 2018, suffering with severe PMS symptoms. Prior to her period, she suffered with bloating, constipation, painful breasts, and anxiety. And once her period began, she suffered with cramps, constipation, and headaches. She was also experiencing severe hair loss, headaches once per week, acne, hip pain, bloating, and stomach pain after meals. I began by recommending an anti-inflammatory diet and excluding foods that she had sensitivity to. I recommended an herbal formula to treat her constipation and bloating. She'd been diagnosed with methane-dominant SIBO before coming in to see me. And I talk about that product in uh, podcast number three. I ordered a Dutch dried urine test to check her sex hormone levels and cortisol levels. And I ordered a GI MAP DNA stool test to check her gut health. I also ordered standard blood tests to check her thyroid function, vitamin D level, and check for inflammation. She returned one week later and reported that she'd not experienced any headaches and that her hip pain had gone. Her headaches and hip pain disappeared just from eating an anti-inflammatory diet. It's amazing to see the powerful effect that food has on us. Inflammatory foods definitely cause pain, and just by cutting them out of your diet can eliminate your pain. I saw her again on March 17th, two weeks after we began, and she still was not experiencing any symptoms. She came in on April 7th, and we went over her blood test results. She showed low T3 uptake. T3 is your active thyroid hormone that has to get into your cells in order to metabolize everything in your body. And I ran this test because she had hair loss and um, she also had constipation. Those are both signs of low thyroid uptake. I recommended a homeopathic uh, thyroid product to balance her hormones, and I recommended vitamin D because she had low vitamin D levels. On May 5th, we went over her Dutch hormone uh, test results. She had high levels of estrogen and markers indicating poor liver, liver clearance of her estrogens. Her dihydrotestosterone level was high. DHT, um, well, let me tell you what that is. Testosterone can go down two different pathways, and if it's going down the pathway that increases levels of dihydrotestosterone, this can be toxic, and it can cause hair loss. Her cortisol levels were also at the high end of the range, and she was low in vitamin, both vitamin B12 and B6. I recommended DIM. This is a phytonutrient or plant nutrient that's found in cruciferous vegetables like broccoli. When broccoli or other cruciferous vegetables are chewed, 
plant enzymes are released. And once those enzymes are exposed to your stomach acid, a compound called indol-3-carbonyl, or I3C, is formed, which in turn uh, yields DIM. I also recommended myo-inositol. This is a member of the B-complex family to help balance her high levels of DHT. And I recommended selenium to help her hair loss. I recommended an adaptogenic herbal remedy containing ashwagandha, L-theanine, which converts to GABA, which is relaxing, calming, magnolia, and phosphatidylserine, all to balance those high levels of cortisol and help relax her. Her DNA stool test revealed a lot of dysbiotic bacteria. We continued the herbal treatment to treat her SIBO, and we added a digestive enzyme to help her digestion. Uh, on June 1st, I added a broad-spectrum probiotic and a prebiotic. She returned on January 29th, 2019. Ten months later, she'd lost 25 pounds. She was off all of her supplements, and she was feeling great. She no longer had bloat. Her bowel movements were normal. Her menstrual cramps were gone. She no longer had headaches, and her hair loss was better. I recommended a multi called Axis Endo that's a phytonutrient powder. It's designed to support healthy estrogen and testosterone metabolism, and it provides vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals that influ influence the pathways of estrogen and testosterone metabolism. I also had her continue on vitamin D and continue taking a probiotic. Let's take a look at PMS treatment. First, I recommend an anti-inflammatory diet for all of my patients. Eat a whole food, nutrient-dense diet. I recommend eating 70 to 80% of non-starchy vegetables. That's how much you should have on your plate. Studies have shown that women with plant-based diets high in vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, and herbs have fewer symptoms of PMS. Eat lots of leafy greens. They possess a, they possess a diuretic effect and are also great, a great source of calcium and magnesium, as well as vitamin K, which helps get rid of uh, period cramps. Choose grass-fed, pasture-raised, and organic meats whenever possible because you want to avoid hormones, pesticides, and fertilizers. Also eat wild-caught fish high in omega-3s like wild-caught salmon, sardines, and anchovies. This helps to reduce pain and inflammation that can make PMS symptoms worse. You'll, be wanting, you'll want to consume adequate amounts of fiber. Fiber is uh, good and high in berries, kiwi, carrots, potatoes, beets, quinoa, nuts, and wild rice. Fiber also helps to remove excess estrogen from your body, and it helps to stabilize your hormones. Flaxseed products can help promote healthy estrogen metabolism, which is a key component of managing your PMS symptoms. Wheat germ, almonds, sunflower seeds, and spinach are rich in vitamin E and B vitamins. B vitamins are very important uh, for your liver metabolism of estrogens. You also want to eat avocados. They contain potassium. Potassium is a mineral that acts as a natural diuretic, and it can help to get rid of excess sodium and fluid. Potassium also helps to protect against muscle cramps, and it boosts feelings of satiety, so you'll be less inclined to eat snacks. Avoid foods that can make your PMS symptoms worse. Trans fats, hydrogenated fats, high fructose corn syrup, and refined sugar should be avoided. These cause fluctuations in your blood sugar that may exacerbate your mood swings, headaches, or cause you to have difficulty concentrating. 
High fructose corn syrup and sugar also deplete your body of critical minerals that encourage inflammation. You'll also want to decrease your salt intake before your menstrual period. Water retention during your period may be made worse if you're consuming a lot of salt. And also decrease your caffeine intake. And if you're going to drink coffee, definitely drink organic coffee. Coffee beans are very high in pesticides. Coffee is also dehydrating, so it can worsen depression, anxiety, and breast tenderness. You'll also want to uh, avoid alcohol before your menstrual period because consumption can make your PMS symptoms worse and may increase your risk for prolonged cramping during your menstrual cycle. You want to eliminate all toxic processed foods from your diet that contain hidden estrogens, including conventional meat, dairy products, and produce, produce that is non-organic. You want to kill any pathogens once you identify them by doing a DNA stool test. After killing the pathogens, it's important to balance your probiotics. Probiotics have actually been shown to help modulate the gut microbiota, combat pathogenic infections, and help regulate your hormone metabolism. Lactobacillus acidophilus supplementation has been shown to reduce high levels of beta-glucuronidase, but you don't want to take that probiotic if you have bloating, gas, and other symptoms of SIBO until you've killed the bacteria that cause the SIBO, because taking acidophilus when you have SIBO can actually make your gas and bloating worse. After killing pathogens and adding probiotics, it's important to seal your gut lining with products that contain L-glutamine, zinc carnosine, DGL, slippery elm, marshmallow root, vitamin A, and gut healing foods like bone broth or collagen. Here are some of the common natural PMS supplements that I recommend. But as with any dietary supplement, be sure to consult with your healthcare practitioner before using these supplements. The first one I'd like to mention is Vitex or Chasteberry. Uh, Vitex is used to help balance estrogen and progesterone levels. And the usual recommendation is about 240 milligrams per day. The second recommendation would be vitamin B6. And I recommend taking a balanced B50 supplement. You want 50 milligrams of B6 and the others in balance because B6 is heavily involved in estrogen metabolism. I also uh, frequently recommend plant-based progesterone oil. If I see low levels of progesterone on a dried urine test, I'll recommend topical plant-based progesterone uh, just during the two weeks before your menstrual cycle. The dose is usually two to five drops twice per day. Ten drops is equal to about 40 milligrams. And you apply that morning and night to the uh, areas of thin skin just during the two weeks before your menstrual period. I usually start with a lower dose of only two or three drops uh, twice per day. Another product that I frequently recommend is DIM. That's the compound that's in cruciferous vegetables, and it helps to restore healthy hormone balance by adjusting the balance of your bad estrogens to good estrogens. It also blocks something called aromatase, which is an enzyme that can convert your testosterone to estrogen. Uh, the recommendation on that's about 150 milligrams twice per day. This product's also helpful in reducing PMS symptoms and in reducing your risk for breast and other reproductive cancers. Calcium D-glucurate is the product that I recommend to reduce your circulating estrogens because it inhibits beta-glucuronidase. I only recommend this supplement if your DNA stool test confirms that you have high levels of beta-glucuronidase. 
If you have high levels, this product is helpful in both alleviating PMS symptoms and in reducing your risk for breast and other reproductive cancers. But you don't want to take this if your beta-glucuronidase levels are low because it'll, it will inhibit the uptake of estrogen back into your circulation, and small amounts are important. I also recommend magnesium, about 400 to 600 milligrams per day. Magnesium is required for the metabolism of estrogen and can help relieve cramping. It allows your body to absorb calcium and it regulates your pituitary gland, which in turn regulates your hormone levels. It's also been known to have a calming effect, which will help reduce stress and help with sleep. The results of a study indicate that low levels of both vitamin D and calcium during the second phase of the menstrual cycle can cause and or t intensify the symptoms of PMS. Calcium and vitamin D supplementation can increase serum levels if these two nutrients of these two nutrients and it may eliminate or reduce the severity of PMS symptoms. I recommend checking your blood level of vitamin D and supplement according to what your levels look like. If you only have like 25 or 30, I'd recommend at least 2,000 units a day. But if your level's up around 40, I like to see it around 50 to 60. I'd recommend about 1,000 per day. Calcium citrate, a large double-blind study of calcium supplementation where they took 600 milligrams twice daily, revealed a reduction in PMS, depression, fatigue, edema, and pain significantly more than the placebo group in the women suffering with PMS. Also taking EPA, DHA, omega-3 fatty acids can reduce the psychiatric symptoms of PMS, including depression, nervousness, anxiety, and lack of concentration, and may also reduce the symptoms of PMS, including bloating, headache, and breast tenderness. I recommend 1,000 milligrams once or twice per day. Also, I recommend taking a good multivitamin mineral and um, vitamin and mineral because all the nutrients work together. Now let's look at some of the herbs that have been shown to help PMS symptoms. Chaseberry fruit extract or Vitex can help balance hormones released by the pituitary gland that control your overall hormone production. Studies of over 5,000 women have found it effective. Take about 100 milligrams twice per day in a 10 to 1 extract. Uh, ashwagandha and holy basil, these two adaptogenic herbs have been shown to reduce cortisol balance hormones, and reduce PMS symptoms. Flax seeds contain lignans that help balance your hormone metabolism and block the negative effects of excess estrogens. Birth control pills can damage your microbiome as much as antibiotics do. The pill is also known to promote candida yeast overgrowth and small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So you may want to talk with your doctor and consider some non-hormonal birth control options. You might also want to reduce your intake of phytoestrogens and endocrine disruptors. Phytoestrogens are naturally occurring plant compounds that stru are structurally similar to estrogens. The isoflavones are the most widely researched group of phytoestrogens, and they're most abundant in soybeans and soy-based products. These phytoestrogens look and act like estrogens in the body because they can act on estrogen receptors. When phytoestrogens are consumed, they'll be bound up by the liver, just like all the other estrogens. But individuals who have high beta-glucuronidase in their intestine um, can activate these phytoestrogens through the breaking down of bonds. 
This activation will exacerbate the already high estrogen levels seen in individuals with estrobolum imbalances. If you have estrogen dominance, soy can throw more fuel on the fire. So avoiding soy is necessary to keep your estrogen levels in check. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals like BPA and plastics and parabens that mimic or block hormones and can have major health impacts because they mirror the function of our real hormones. BPA and parabens are found in many plastics, soaps, food packaging, and household cleaners. Unfortunately, many manufacturers largely replaced BPA with BPS, which researchers are now finding is just as problematic for our health as BPA. So let's wrap it up by looking at another case history. This 37-year-old woman came in suffering with joint pain, breast tenderness, heavy bleeding, acne, memory problems, poor sleep, gas, and bloating. She was consuming a standard American diet. She'd start a day off with about four cups of coffee, have a bagel and cream cheese, and she was eating lots of sugar, snacks, and packaged food. I recommended an anti-inflammatory diet and asked her to fill 70 to 80% of her plate with non-starchy vegetables and eating small amounts of grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, organic fruits and vegetables, seeds and nuts, wild rice, and quinoa. I asked her to decrease her coffee intake to two small cups of organic coffee and to drink it before noon because she had problems with sleep. I ordered a Dutch dried urine hormone test and a DNA stool test. Her DNA stool test revealed high amounts of dysbiotic bacteria and a high level of beta-glucuronidase. Her hormone test revealed high levels of estrogen problems with, and problems with her liver pathways, the pathways that detoxify her estrogen. She also had high cortisol levels, which is why she had trouble sleeping. I recommended antimicrobial herbals to kill the dysbiotic bacteria in her gut, and I recommended calcium deglucurate to lower her beta-glucuronidase levels. I also recommended DIM to help her estrogen pathways detoxify her estrogen, and chaseberry to help level out her hormone levels. I recommended a product containing L-theanine, phosphatidylserine, bacopa, ashwagandha, and rhodiola to help lower her high cortisol levels, improve her memory problems, and improve her sleep. Six weeks later, she returned and all of her symptoms had resolved. Her joint pain was gone, her memory and sleep were better, her gas and bloating were gone, her acne was gone, she no longer had breast tenderness, and her heavy bleeding was better. If you'd like to order any of the lab tests that I mentioned today, I work one-on-one with patients in my office or through online consulting. Please visit me at drgala.com. That's D-R-G-A-I-L-A.com. Thanks so much for listening.